Hello everybody, welcome to the STEM Sessions podcast, the UK STEM career podcast. Today I'm delighted to be interviewing Andre Nogueira, so if you'd please like to introduce yourself, Andre. Hi, uh, my name is Andre Nogueira. I'm an engineering by uh, background. I have a degree in software engineering from the University of Pennsylvania, and uh, I work on, these days I work on data analytics, big data, which is something that is uh, quite uh, fashionable at the moment. Is there something that inspired you to become an engineer and perhaps from your uh, family or social circles? Um, not really. Um, my, my mother was a teacher. My father uh, studied psychology. So there wasn't really any precedence uh, in my family. But uh, I was always very um, quantitative from, from the way that I think. You know, I've always liked to, when I'm talking to anyone, and I'm feeling very uncomfortable right now because when I'm talking to anyone, I like to have a piece of paper and draw something. <laughs> you know, even I would use my hands to explain things. You know, I, I think in a very graphical or spatial way, you know, and, and this really made a career in, in engineering, you know, having these mental maps in your head, uh, something that was very natural to me, you know. Um, so that's how it started. I, I studied uh, uh, software engineering because it was something that gave me a broad spectrum of different things, you know, uh, you know, electronics, you know, database, you know, all different things. But I think that engineering in general, you know, no matter which area of engineering, you know, someone pursues is a, an amazing uh, field because it equips you with a certain way of thinking and with an analytical toolkit that you can carry on to pretty much any field of work, you know, anything in life, it uh, instills some sort of uh, rigor or discipline in the way that you go about things that I find it very, very useful. You know, you can even extend that to things like humanities or or, or anything outside the exact sciences. Uh, so I find engineering uh, something that uh, everybody should consider. Tell us a little bit more about your day job. So I work in data analytics, you know, big data, something that's quite fashionable at the moment, right? So um, what you do really is you're extracting from large data sets uh, some trends or trying to find some meaning within a broader set of data, right? And that's easier said than done because like anything else, right, you know, the quality of the input determines, you know, the quality of the output, right? And there's a lot of uh, unstructured data out there that you need to do a lot of cleaning, to be able to extract anything meaningful out of it, right? So you use a lot of statistics, you know, uh, maths, uh, things that you typically cover in engineering school, right? You know, your mean, your mode, your standard deviation, things like that, right? You know, you need to look at trends. You need to be able to do regressions and things like that. So even though it's not engineering per se, it's something that you can leverage a lot of the foundation that you get in engineering school. That toolkit is really something that I have to stress again. It's something that you, if you learn it well, you can carry with you for the rest of your life and you can use in many, many, many places. Uh, I have an undergrad degree also uh, in economics, by the way. Okay. okay, But I have to say that the years I spending, that I spent in the engineering school were the years that I've learned the most. They were also very, very challenging. Right? It was not easy. It was hard work. But it was very, very rewarding. So, you know, I'm doing a job now where I work uh, as a direct uh, as a director of a firm, and uh, we get vast sets of data, and we try to identify uh, certain trends within that data. and And the data is mostly structured, 
there's a little bit of data that's not structured, but then you have to use things like, you know, Python or, or you have to use some data cleaning uh, tools to, to make sure that the data is correct. And then you dump everything to a database. And then you're talking about things like SQL, you know, to manipulate data. So anyways, my life is data, right? It's taking data, vast data sets, uh, cleaning them up and trying to extract some meaning out of it. And the reason why you do that is because when you're making decisions, business decisions, policy decisions, any type of decisions, if you're armed with facts, if you're armed with data, you can make much better decisions, right? You can uh, try to avoid unintended consequences. You can really uh, have a solid foundation for things that can impact the lives of, you know, hundreds, thousands, millions of people, right? So uh, I know a lot of people like intuition, but let me tell you something. Data uh, has never really failed. So as well as being a director, you're also one of our 30,000 STEM ambassadors. Um, so what have you engaged with in your time as a STEM ambassador? Um, so I've I've been a STEM ambassador now for um, maybe a year or so, and I've engaged in a few projects. So typically what I do is there's two main things that I'm doing. Uh, so I'll go to school and I talk about STEM careers, right? And I say, look, a STEM career is a great thing for you because of this, this and that. You know, you're going to learn things that are going to be valuable for your entire life, no matter which field you decided to work. But in engineering itself, there are some great things that you can do, not only to make this world a better place, but you know, to push the frontier of science, of knowledge and, and everything. So that's one of the things. And get the get the you know sixth form is excited about it. Right. And I have to say, um, the one school that I did in North London, the auditorium was packed. It was packed. There was people sitting on the floor. Because I think that there is a genuine um not an awakening, but it's now there's a genuine uh, conscience that some of the solutions uh, that we need in this world uh, can be done or can be achieved by STEM, you know, subjects, right? Uh, so people are paying a lot a lot more attention. It's the stigma kind of like has, has been removed. And people say, you know what? I'm actually going to do that. You know, I know it's hard work. I know it can be difficult, but you know, I just want to do that. And, and it's this can-do attitude, especially with women, that I find it really impressive. I mean, yeah. when I went to engineering school, I, it, it was, you know, 20 in a class, you know, 17 men and three women. I think that is probably something that I hope you don't see anymore. And that pendulum is really, really swinging. And that makes me really, really happy. I think men and women, if they like something, they should do it. You know, you shouldn't just stereotype anything as being a male or female role. Mm -hmm. I think that we need to encourage girls to pursue STEM careers because, the, and, the, and the, you know, the ones that I've interviewed this year, for example, they were amazing. There were a couple of candidates that it were, um, I I haven't seen anything of this caliber in, in a long time. So I'm very confident and positive that we will see not only an increase in STEM, uh, interest in STEM, but we'll see an increase uh, female participation in uh, STEM uh, careers as well. So yeah. that's very good. So Andre, what top three skills or personal attributes do you feel you need to be successful in a career in engineering? Okay, well, it might be four. First of all, I need curious mind. Right. You need to have a curious mind with uh, a peculiar knack for attention to detail, okay? Because in engineering in general, you tend to go from macro to micro, from the bigger picture to the 
micro detail without losing perspective of the bigger thing, what you're trying to build, right? But you need to understand a very minute detail of everything that you're doing. So, and you need to be curious about that, right? You can't assume things. You need to prove and test and demonstrate, right? So that's one. Number two is a, a ability to learn, self-learn, be self-motivated, because that's also true of other areas, humanities and so on and so But especially in engineering, there are lots of things that you might be required to be able to do a job or learn something that is is a degree in itself, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, and you need to be able to be comfortable and learn certain toolkits, certain tool sets, you know, Python is an example, or statistical packages and things like that, you know, R, MATLAB, things like that, that you will use to make advancements in other areas, right? So you need to have this ability to self-learn, to learn things that are required for you to achieve your, your higher learning, right? And number three, I would say from an engineering perspective, you need to be able to work really well as a team because very few people can solve a problem alone. And, um, and this is true of my university background. One of the best experiences that I had, it was quite a shock. I thought that I was going to be given things and go in my little cave and solve them. It was not. No. Most of the work that I've done was as a team. And this is where you learn about project management, you know, division of tasks, you know, allocation of tasks, coordination, interfaces, and things like that. And I find that in life, these are some, this is something that it's not only very important, it's something that you're always going to be doing, you know. So if you know how to work as a team and if you know how to manage projects um, and manage deadlines and milestones and benchmarks, then uh, you can also apply that anywhere. So you mentioned that um, you've done quite a lot of things and you've had a wide variety in your career so far. Um, is there a number one moment, um, a number one project perhaps that you've worked on that really stands out? I have to say, um, my career has taken different paths. Right? I've, you know, was, I was born in Brazil. I went to school in the US and I've lived a significant part of my adult life in the United Kingdom. The one th constant that you can see in my career is uh, a search for challenges. I've never managed to get myself too comfortable with anything that I've done. I've always looked for what's the next challenge, you know, is this something that I could do better or is it, you know, where can I find something that will stimulate and make me uh, produce the best that I can, you know, be the best that I can. So th this is something that uh, I think it's not a high point, but it's something that I it's my constant high point, right? The minute that I'm not like that anymore, I should just retire and stop doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so within that context, right, I've always been excited with new challenges, right? I think that um, people uh, shouldn't be doing something just for the sake of doing, right? They need to be uh, committed and passionate about what they're doing. They need to understand what they're doing and they need to find the value you know, it's just not a matter of show up to work and, and do whatever you're supposed to do, right? You need to be fully committed, you know, have some uh, uh, teeth in, you know, dedication about it, right? Yeah, so exactly. um, 
So I've done a lot of things. You know, I have a long career and uh, I'm happy of uh, the different paths that I've done. Uh, but I, I can't single out a specific thing uh, that I've done because, like I said, you know, whenever I, I, I start feeling myself too comfortable or things are too um, accommodated, I, I find something else. I've done a lot of work in terms of uh, uh, product development. Uh, project management, uh, technology project management. Um, so these are things that require you to have an incredible ability to coordinate uh, disparate and sometimes competing parts with the aim of delivering something, right? So if you think of um, you want to deliver a piece of software, you know, some application, and you have to have people to design the user interface, people who design the backend database, people who design uh, the uh, algorithms, you know, uh, and you have to have all that specified, you know, in at a level that can be translated into code. And then you have to bring it all together. You have to test it. You have to uh, make sure that the user experience is usable, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have to put it out. And then once you put it out, that's not the end of it. You have to train people how to use it. You have to make sure people understand. You have to get some user feedback and you have to make changes. So I think this this typical cycle for me is something that attracts, uh, that attracts me. I find it very interesting. I find that, um, like I said, you can't, Think of an approach where you go in a cave and you come back with some magic formula to solve all the problems of the world. Mm -hmm. That's not how real life works, right? You need to uh, work with people uh, to deliver things, and and this is typically uh, this is typically a, a a pattern that you see in my uh, professional life, right? Working across a series of projects where you deliver something in the end that is useful and it makes a contribution, makes a difference. So what advice would you give to young people today who are just starting out with their careers? I'm not going to say STEM is the only way to go um, because everybody's different. But I would, what I would say is that there's a lot of choice today, a lot more choice than 20 or 30 years ago. And you need to understand what these choices are. And to do that, you need to try different things. Not everything, but you need to try a little bit of different things. By the time that you hit sixth form, you should have an idea of what suits you best. I'm not saying that you need to do your, know what your specialization is going to be when you are, you know, on year 13, you know, but you should have a good idea. And I think that at that point, what you need to do is you need to start talking to people who work in that field to understand what real life is, you know. Sometimes people have a very idealistic view or a very romanticized view of what these jobs are. And, you know, for every interesting thing that I've done, there were hundreds of really boring routine tasks that I had to do to make things happen. Uh, I'm not trying to discourage anyone, but I want to make sure that um, they understand that there is work you know, that is exciting, but there's always work as well. That is something that you just need to do, right? Um, you don't, you know, start designing, designing a solar panel on the first day of a job, you know, when you go in a factory. It's not, you know, you're not going to design a new ship uh, when you go work for a semiconductor company. You know, it doesn't work like that. It takes, it takes time, you know, and you build that bridge slowly, but continuously, hopefully. So get an understanding of real life. I think work experience, if you if you can do some summer intern opportunities, I think it's, I would say, imperative. You should really give it a shot. And uh, 
do as much research as you can, right? Apply yourself for the things you think you like, apply yourself to it and uh, do as much research as you can, right? Try it, really try it. It's like buying a car, right? Drive first, see if it works for you and then go for it. Well, Andre, that's been fantastic. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you and thank you very much for coming and sharing your insights and I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you.